Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So hello, Ash Houghton. Uh, welcome to uh, Press Gazette Journalism Matters podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. So uh, all uh, all journalists nowadays are really keen to uh, get in touch with a uh, millennial audience, as we as we call them. As I keep hearing, yeah. <laughs> um, you are a millennial, I think. Is that true? Um, I mean, what what's the kind of criteria now for being a millennial? Is it? I think it's. Uh, 14 to 24 or 26? I'm 24, or like. yeah, so so I think I'd just about make it. So you, so you, so you, you tick two boxes. You're mm-hmm. you kind of a millennial, and I guess you're targeting a millennial audience. Definitely. With yeah. uh, SBTV News. Mm-hmm. So um, just start off to the uninitiated. You just give us a sort of, um, in a nutshell, what SBTV News is and what it's trying to do. Okay, so SBTV News is a kind of unique partnership between SBTV. Um, who has, you know, our roots firmly based in music, um, and the Press Association, which obviously they've got, you know, they're, they're well kind of, uh, well travel ground in journalism themselves. So we kind of came together and, you know, with kind of their, some of their resources and kind of expertise and what we know in terms of young audiences, kind of put our heads together and created a space where we felt that there was a real kind of gap in the market, really, for young people, for young people, but by young people as well. So a lot of the times, like you say, I feel a lot of people are trying to get into the mind spaces of these audiences without necessarily knowing where they're coming from. And a lot of times that's, you know, a shot in the dark. Um, whereas with us, we felt that we were, you know, very on the kind of front line of what was going on. So it only made sense to kind of create content but have the expertise of a kind of press association behind that that can really help us. Um, and and SBTV is the, uh, the kind of uh, YouTube... Um, sensation really wasn't it so it launched mm-hmm. 10 years ago just when YouTube was mm-hmm. in its infancy Jamal um, uh, Edwards is that right the, yeah. uh, the um, uh, launched it when he was 15 mm-hmm. he's 25 now mm-hmm. so he's your boss one, mm-hmm. one year older than you and uh, so basically and the thought was that that was doing so well expand the brand into, into news is that kind of the thinking well yeah I mean in terms of what I do editorially there I'm just keen for us to you know, provide the best service as possible. So on the music side, we're very much there. We, we provide some great features and insight into what we can do there, but there's only so much in terms of a glass ceiling that you reach that you can provide without that kind of um, extra backing, really. So, yeah, that was kind of the kind of thought process behind it. So I guess you've got, um, say, BuzzFeed, which is doing more news now, Vice News, uh, getting bigger all the time. I mean, they would probably see themselves as firmly targeting a, um, a youth audience. So what, what do you think that you guys provide that um, those sort of bigger, uh, slightly more established online players provide? Um, well, I mean, I'd say that at both ends, I mean, especially with someone like Vice, I think that's maybe uh, a bit more of a mature audience, a bit older. BuzzFeed maybe a bit younger. So we're kind of coming right in the middle, really, where 
people that might not necessarily be too up on news and maybe that's not too much of their kind of daily diet and content they, they kind of would read or listen to. So for us, it's kind of cornering that end of the market, really, and providing for those people that kind of option to you know, still be aware of what's going on amongst all of the rest of the stuff they're doing under there. So what's the, what's, the, uh, what's the kind of USP, if you like? What's the sort of thing that you're providing, the sort of stories that you're providing and the sort of angle that you're providing that other, other established players aren't, aren't sort of giving people? Um, again, because we come from a kind of urban music media kind of base, I suppose news in that area hasn't almost been touched in that, spa- in that kind of sense, especially as officially as we're trying to do it. So for us, it's really filling that gap in the market which there hasn't been um so it's just bringing an extension of what we're already doing we've seen such growth on our online platform in the last kind of year or two um it was only right that we kind of added an extra selection to what we were offering so that was kind of what what the sort of um stories that you're pleased with and the sort of uh, stuff you've done so far that you think has gone down reasonably well well one of the things we kind of you know the feedback we received a lot of times from our audience when we kind of spoke to them about news was that it didn't really appeal to them and they felt like it was all kind of doom and gloom and that kind of thing or it was too complicated so for us our whole ethos is to kind of inform empower and inspire the audience so we've got a self-belief series that we run on SPTV news which is all about kind of inspirational stories finding people that are doing great entrepreneurial things in the community um you know and so for us we've seen such great traction with them and it, it's great I feel like again often with news people don't try and focus on maybe the more positive elements of um, certain stories so for us it's kind of bringing that to light as well and kind of celebrating certain people that might not have an opportunity to be elsewhere yeah because I guess is it, I mean is there a sense uh, you could imagine that uh, the millennials as they say could be you know get quite depressed reading the, the news really because it's right. a lot of it is about how you'll never buy a house uh, difficult to get a job, uh, incredibly expensive to pay for your education, and uh, you know you're the and all the sort of crime and uh, you know before you even get into sort of like radicalisation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you, you, that, is that a fair point? Yeah? I'd agree, and yeah, for us, it, it, to be honest, it's completely kind of trying to sidestep a lot of that, and and really, oftentimes, like you say, I feel like there's a kind of established narrative in terms of how a lot of music is spun and, and delivered, and often just kind of tailoring that to a little, you know, to the younger audience. But ultimately you have that that same kind of um, prose there. Whereas for us it's kind of completely scrapping the rule book and kind of looking at, you know, what do these people want and trying to provide them that as best possible, really. So in terms of numbers, what, mm-hmm. what, what, what sort of number... Uh, can you tell us about the uh, edit, size of the editorial team you've got and also the kind of size of the audience you're... Um you're yeah. reaching so far as much as you can? So in terms of in-house, we've got up to kind of four in-house reporters working across SBTV News and SBTV um, itself in terms of the music side. Um, and with SBTV News, we've also got the resource of around 20 reporters um, over at um, the Press Association headquarters. So we've got a sizable team enough to kind of deliver on, on the kind of task um, at hand, really. Um, and in terms of the size of the audience... Um, couldn't go into exact figures, but you know, in the hundreds of thousands, um, we've already kind of reached that that point with SBTV News itself, outside of the kind of uh, wider SBTV network, which is more closer to kind of a million in terms of monthly traffic. Um, yeah. So in the hundreds of thousands yeah. per month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I guess um, quite difficult to reach audience, aren't they? Because they're um, engaging with media in a very different way than anyone else has 
before them, I guess. Is that right in terms of like different platforms they're on? Um, yeah, but I mean, for us, we haven't found that. Like, we haven't found necessarily that they're kind of too hard to reach um, as such. Just because, kind of, feel like we have with our kind of social media network as it is, we're kind of already in maybe over a million in terms of reach uh, across Twitter, Facebook, um, Snapchat, that kind of thing. So for us, it was more like we had that platform, especially there, to deliver the news straight to the audience, and it was just kind of having the content that kind of connects, really. And what's been the big um, uh, thing for you, for you guys in terms of reaching the audience? Is it um, like one particular social network does particularly well? or? Um, I suppose the core ones would be Facebook and Twitter. So, um, yeah. And... I mean, we've got a bigger reach on Facebook than we have Twitter, and I feel like um, although 90% of the stories might not connect as well, but the ones that do, they can really... The element of virality is a lot easier through Facebook. Um, yeah, so Facebook's not going out the window, because you, sort of you felt a sense that like, people's parents and grandparents started going on it, it kind of lost a bit of its edge, but yeah. you think people are, people are still on it and kind of... I think in terms of content and shareability, um, almost... People might not be interacting in the same ways they were on Facebook in terms of communicating with each other, but I think you see a lot of kind of, you might have it, you know, if you have your mum on Facebook and she might be um, sharing a funny story or that kind of thing. So I think shareability is still a big part, um, definitely. And are those sort of um, uh, direct um, messaging apps important for you, like Snapchat and uh, WhatsApp uh, or or not? Um, I suppose they, they kind of go a little bit hidden in terms of, how can we track that people are kind of sharing our stuff through WhatsApp and that kind of thing? But I think, again, it's just good to have that in mind. Like, for example, we enabled um, WhatsApp sharing on our website, so if you're on a mobile device, a lot of people just want to add the share buttons for Twitter and Facebook, whereas we have a, a WhatsApp button on the on the website so people can share via WhatsApp. Yeah, so, you, so you, tell us a bit about your journey then. So you're... Um no, 24. You're editor of big na- a big national uh, news website. Really, mm. I mean, how did you get how did you get where you are? It depends how far you want to go back. Really, um, I mean, I got involved with the company um, around five years ago, and just as a kind of I saw a tweet one day saying, you know, we need some voluntary bloggers on the website. And at the time, I hadn't done too much in the way of that, but music for me was always my kind of main passion. Um, so I applied, um, got in, and started doing some just general blogging. Um, and from there, I kind of just worked my way up to kind of intern, staff writer level, uh, deputy editor level, and then up to up to editor. Yeah. And why, why did you decide to go uh, straight into it rather than uh, go through the sort of university? I went to university in that same time. So oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of to go a little bit further back, I dropped out of school quite um, early, around kind of fourteen, fifteen. Um, started working on kind of building sites, that kind of thing. My dad was a builder. And I had a really, so I have a real kind of non-traditional way into it. And then it was only kind of around 16, I kind of took a step back. I didn't do any GCSEs or anything like that. And, and I looked at, you know, what do I really want to achieve and maybe where I've gone wrong. And I kind of, from there, kind of formulated, this is what I kind of want to do and this is how I'm going to kind of get into it. So it all kind of came from there. Yeah. How did you manage to get into university then without the kind of... Um, so then after that, I started writing for SBTV still around kind of that, period where I had no qualifications that really spurred me after enjoying that so much to kind of all right I need to get to London because I was outside of London and I need to get a formal education that's going to allow me to come and live up here um so that's what I did basically I I, I started I went back to college was working in the nights and worked my way up to a kind of get to a degree level then um came to London to study a degree in journalism and then in that time was working at SBTV um, up until the point where I could leave and then was blessed with a job. 
she said she, you came from not the um, not the most privileged background, should we say, or, or just a distant little bit? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, yeah, so, but I, I grew up on the Isle of Wight. So, again, that's it's very kind of starved of opportunities. Um, you know, my mum was a waitress, my dad was um, a bricklayer. So, yeah, like, I've, I've kind of... Because it's a big issue for the journalism industry, this sort of diversity thing about people from less well-off backgrounds getting into industry. People don't generally do it. It's quite a kind of... Um, it seems quite a privileged job now because you've got to take unpaid internships and all the rest of it. I mean, is that... Is it something you ever kind of envisage going into? Um... Again, I feel like the phrase is obviously such a cliche, but for, I think for young people now, the world really is your oyster in terms of opportunity. But like you say, there's so many harsh realities of that in terms of how you're going to pay your bills, how you're going to live somewhere, how you're going to, you know, why you're doing an internship. And I suppose I would just say to any young people that kind of were interested in going into it, um, you just have to make it work. You know, you have to kind of, like I said, if, if going to uni is going to allow you to keep a roof over your head while you do that internship, do that. Because I think a lot of people, they go to uni, then they leave uni, and then they feel like they deserve a job handed to them. Whereas I think you need to make the most of those opportunities while, while you can. Um, but no, definitely, it's very hard for people. And um, I think it's just a touch of hard work and a touch of luck um, with everything, really. And what sort of... Um uh, so you obviously kind of re- recruiting people now, I guess. I mean, what sort of people are you, are you looking for when you get when you get kind of journalists in? Uh, do, you, do you go for people with the, with the traditional, uh, like the training, like the degree in, in journalism and so on? Or what? Um, not at all. Yeah. Nah. Um, for me, it's it's completely about about attitude, really. Yeah. So, you know, I genuinely believe with some of the writers that we have on now, um, we've got some of the best music writers in the country, and I feel like none of I've never once kind of spoke to them about a degree or you know. For me, it's just cool. Let's see some of your work. And then let's have a conversation. And then from there, I think we found some great people and, you know, people that are just willing, dedicated to the craft. Um, and, and I think once you find that person and, and, and with the right attitude, that's all that matters. You can kind of mould and work with them and as much as possible. But I definitely don't think kind of qualifications are the top thing. So what about the money side of, it, of SBTV? I mean, it's pretty, um, it's pretty tough times. Um, I think even... Um Vice was laying off some staff, wasn't it, um, last week, which we've not, we've not seen uh, before. So, so wh- where's the kind of uh, money coming from uh, for you guys? Are you getting advertising in, or is it a different sort of model? Um, like I say, we've kind of got a two-tiered system in terms of what we do. So, you know, we almost op- uh, operate as a production team um, across kind of the content we can create on YouTube, both for ourselves and for other people. And then, for us, it's just growing our kind of wider network. So we have... Um, our social media, that's almost it's kind of a team in itself and, and, and the reach of that is obviously monetizable. Um, and then collectively together with the website, the YouTube channel and kind of our reach on social platforms, I think that kind of allows us to have some leverage in terms of advertising revenue and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's the sort of whole whole package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as far as you know, it's sort of uh, profitable, is that not a kind of... Uh, well. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, things are going well, um, and I think, you know, the traditional kind of model with this kind of thing is to kind of build as much as possible um, in terms of what you have, and then ultimately, um, you know, we have investors and that kind of thing, so, yeah, things are going well. And where, where, where do you see it going, or where would you like to see it going over the next uh, few years? Do you think you could be the next Vice or the next BuzzFeed or something else completely? Um, yeah, to be honest, I'm not, I mean, just as... As a policy, anyway, I don't think we're really looking at anyone else that much. I think it's great. I love, you know, Vice and, and those guys, and I think what they're doing is great. But for us, yeah, it's just continuing to create 
great content that connects with people and continue growing and and really yeah etch out a space for ourselves um, amongst the kind of other players really. And, and just as a sort of final point, really, I mean, um, what advice would you give to uh, kind of established news organisations that want to do a bit better at engaging with um, the, the that younger audience, the sort of um, school leavers up to people in their kind of early 20s? Listen to them. You know, I think a lot of times um, decisions get made in boardrooms um, about people wearing, you know, you could literally just hop on a bus and see what the kids are saying or go down to a school and ask them what they're saying without kind of directly engaging with them or even coming to a company like ours or a consultancy firm or people that are kind of etched their way already in on the front lines of what's going on, then, you know, you're kind of always going to be a shot in the dark, really, in terms of what you're doing. Great. Well, look, thanks very much, Ash, uh, for coming on to uh, Journalism Matters. Good luck with SBTV. We'll be following it with, uh, with interest. Uh-huh. And... Um, the, uh, you can download the next edition of Journalism Matters uh, from the Press Cadet website in two weeks' time. Thanks very much. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.